welcome to another episode of Stamper Cinema. As always, I am your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you very much for downloading this latest episode. And today, I'm really excited because we are kickstarting our fourth season of Stamper Cinema. That's right, season four. This is the premiere episode. The fact that we we have a fourth season to even discuss is uh, is pretty pretty wild. I mean, really, at the end of the day, it's all a credit to you. So thank you to everybody that helps make this podcast going. You, the listener, you, uh, you, the, the hype person that you are. It's it's all because of you. Because admittedly, I suck as uh, as a hype person. But whatever. Maybe this year will be a little bit different, and I will do a better job of hyping hype, hyping the show. But I'm excited. Each season, I think we've gotten a little bit better, right? Season two, we we got some celebrities. We we bumped a, a massive episode count to I believe like 39 last year. We brought it down, but the number of guests, and I would say the quality of guests, improved. So we had 30 episodes, but I think it was like 20 some odd different guests. And this year, I don't know what's in store other than I want to try to be a little bit more, what's the word I'm looking for, thematic. So each month, we're going to have a different theme. So for January, we're going to be doing 90s month. And of course, we're going to have Dylan Quarles on the show because we had him last year. And we kind of teased the idea of having a conversation about Starship Troopers. And of course, that is the movie that we are going to kickstart season four with is the 1990. I don't want to say cult classic, but yeah, cult classic Paul Verhoeven masterpiece, Starship Troopers. I'm pumped. If you listen to Dylan and my episode last year, we, we 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 discussed a lot about this movie, even though we were having a conversation about an entirely different film altogether. We thought, you know what would be fun? Let's uh let's talk uh let's take a deeper dive into Starship Troopers. So that's what we're doing right now. And instead of you hearing me yapping about what we're gonna talk about, why don't you listen to Dylan and I actually do do the work. So here we go. Your season four premiere, Starship Troopers, Dylan Quarles, and me. Let's go. Well, Dylan, hello. How are you? It's been a minute since we've chatted. What what's new in your world? It has been, I think, several minutes even, but yeah. we don't need to get into semantics. Uh not much is new in my world other than publishing books, releasing books, just bookish things in general. Uh, but other than that, I've just been on cruise control lately. How about yourself, my friend? Well, it's good. Uh, well, I mean, nothing, nothing really new and exciting for me. Just still doing the whole podcast thing this year is going to be very exciting by the way. It, well, I mean, and thank you for being a, uh, a fun, fun, uh, stamper cinema ally. I appreciate being involved in the, in the old TikTok. That's how you stay young. That's the secret, by the way. That, that, that is a secret. My wife is really good at TikTok. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I miss that generation, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work yeah, on it. Dive in. It takes, you know what? It TikTok welcomes all types. I will say this. It's crazy that every podcast that I've gone on, uh, I always end up talking about TikTok. So TikTok, if you're listening, you owe me something. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a t-shirt. Come on. Yeah, yeah. That's actually something I would love to do is have a uh I, I need I need more listeners, but I would love to have a Stamper Cinema. I don't know, there's no catchphrase that this that this one has that this has garnered yet. But you know what? This is like the, the fourth year of the show, well really third year, fourth season, so we're still young, but who knows? Who knows what happens? But yeah, you're just you're just learning to use like silverware in, in human yeah, years, yeah. you know? 
We're just yeah, taking the baby seen... safe locks off the old Stamper Cinema Studio. I mean, I'm still I'm still in the old like uh, like inner tubes and what are those things you put on like the little like floaty whatever those are called? Water wings, my friend. Water wings, thank you. Water yeah. wings. At least yeah. that's what we call them out here on the West Coast. I don't know what you uh, Georgia peaches call them. Maybe something else. Yeah, I mean, there's not a not a ton of ocean out here, but I mean, I grew up. I don't know if we've ever even covered this, but I grew up out in the islands, specifically like the Atlantic Ocean. I was for, I was born and raised on the island of Bermuda. Whoa! And yeah, yeah. And oh, what's um, that? Tri- what's that triangle like out there? I, I heard you guys have a real triangle problem in Bermuda. It is. I mean, it's a real triangle, but. The the area of the triangle, I mean, you've got Bermuda. I mean, it'd be so much better if it was called like the Florida Triangle, because that's like another point or like the it would Puerto also make Rico. more sense, right? Because everything is a hot mess in Florida and they could just blame it on the triangle. I mean, it would be like a Florida Triangle, you know, when you hear like instead of like a Florida man did this yeah. like Florida Triangle. Yeah, that's what people yeah. would say, right? In the comment section, be like, it, it, like Florida man, you know, like uh, Rob's 7-Eleven with dog that has rabies and then the first the first comment would be first and then the second comment would be dang triangle yep exactly exactly but yeah i mean there there's you know and maybe it's you know uh relative because we're we're talking a little sci-fi today but yes yeah yeah. good old fucking triangle it's been like we don't know we don't know how their uh, warp technology works it could be triangle based technology we don't know it is yeah yeah it's never really explored. Which was I it, love. Was it ever addressed in, nope. in the book? No. Oh, uh, I don't know about the book. It's been a, it's been however many minutes it's been since you and I talked on air. It has been t- uh, that squared since I read the book. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, we'll save it when I read the book because it, it ties into a neat little story. You should introduce the film, my friend. Don't yeah, keep these yeah, people guess- waiting. Yeah, I mean, they, they've heard my intro, so at this point we've mentioned, or at least I've mentioned, that we're going to be talking about uh, the 1997 Paul Verhoeven Starship Troopers, a movie that we, even though we didn't really decide that we wanted to talk, let me rephrase that, we didn't decide that was a movie we were going to talk about last time, we were going to talk about The Fifth Element, but we, yeah. there was still like a 10-minute segue Absolutely. where we still talked the <laughs> Starship Troopers. We couldn't help it. Like, it's like, it just kept coming up. It's like, okay then the natural reaction is to just talk about that movie. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's so funny because I, you know, since that conversation, I've really, really tried to like harness when my love for Starship Troopers actually happened, because I remember when the movie came out, I didn't necessarily see it in yeah. the theater, but I loved the marketing initially. And what's right. so funny is the marketing is why the movie failed. Right. I loved like the marketing. mismarketed, you think? Yeah, mismarketed. Okay. Because now I'm I'm a couple of years older than you, but when this movie came out, it was nineteen ninety-seven. The, the it was it was paired with Blur, specifically Song Two. I absolutely and, remember that that preview, by the way. Yeah. I and, remember it. Like it's in yeah. my mind. It's so clear. And it, it was very, very specific about like uh, we we found life and out in outer space, but they're 
that, but they're bad or whatever. And yeah. it's just like, all right, it's a giant fucking like very, very like war, like special effects, late nineties. Right. Okay, you we're see gonna get the this, big like, beetle coming up out of the ground yeah. and, and, and the shot of like Rico and everybody turning around. It spoils Diz getting stabbed, I believe kind of like spoils some things in the movie like maybe, it, maybe if you've seen the movie I, you're like oh it shit it does spoil that diz and rico fuck but oh, yeah. it does spoil mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. but um yeah I, I, it, so i mean it had me but i didn't necessarily see it and i think why i didn't see it was when like the buzz came out I'm like oh this movie is shit and right. i'm like well that's a bummer so yeah. i didn't see it and it wasn't until a couple years later like oh i was in college and a buddy of mine's like, have you seen this? I'm like, nah, wow. man, I heard it wasn't good. He's like, no, 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 no. That is an amazing movie to see in college, dude. That is yeah. an amazing college watch, by the way. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is great. And I was, I mean, it was a different world then in, you know, like the late 90s. Right. Um, the and, towers uh, have not fallen yet. No. Yeah, no. we were still like the idea of like a forever war with a ferocious enemy that we don't understand was like, like that's part of what, why this movie has aged so well. Right. Is it's like mm-hmm. it predicted American reactionism, like to the fucking letter, you yeah. know, like every reviewer, I feel like who gave this movie a bad review, um, especially the ones that missed that were like, Oh my God, I can't believe how fascist this movie is. And it's like, would you just fucking learn that word? Of course it's making fun of that. It's satirizing. it. They all need to go back and eat their old reviews. IMO. Like that's just what I'm, I'm throwing that out there. If you're listening, people who gave this movie a negative review back in the day, you're probably all on life support now. Anyway, you fucking dinosaurs, but you should, yeah. you should walk that shit back because this movie. Yeah. Had it right. If only, if only Roger Ebert could walk that back. Cause he's Ooh. gone. He said, and we're going to, we're going to cover that, but we've kind of teased this movie a little bit. We've talked yes. a little bit. Yeah. Yes. So let's, let's back up to the fact that yes, we are talking about, the 1997 Paul Verhoeven written by Ed Neumeyer Starship Troopers based on the late fifties novel by what is it? Robert Heinlein Heinlein. Yes. Yeah. Heinlein, uh, a film, uh, a story that takes place in like the 23rd century and it follows the, our, our protagonist, Johnny Rico and all of his, his buddies and they're serving in the military for the United Citizen Federation. Is that right? Do I, have that? I yeah. think something United like that. The Federation. They just call it the Federation. Yeah, the Federation. I think it's like United United Citizen Federation, which because is like it's an, right because it's only for the citizens, right? Air quotes around that one. Yeah, yeah. A very, very obvious like fascist world government mm-hmm. in which like the only way you achieve quote citizenship is by serving in the military. Exactly. And the right. only way that you can legally procreate is by like serving in the military right and so and again because it's like so like fascist people from like a young age are like groomed that like serving is is a great thing there's like all these uh propaganda videos that were even like the first thing you see is a bunch of like military people and like even a kid like i'm doing my part it opens with one of those commercials one of these state-sponsored propaganda commercials um, which those are so brilliant throughout the film. And you really do feel the screenwriter's fingerprint carrying over from RoboCop, right? Because mm-hmm. he was, he was also the screenwriter for RoboCop, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And similar idea, right? Like breaking up the narrative or like breaking it up slash enhancing it slash deepening the world building with these commercials. 
big difference though between this and robocop is robocop's commercials were commercials for commercial purposes like hyper capitalism right like the whole movie robocop not to like this is also by the way listeners setting up the next time andrew and i talk we'll be talking about robocop no but like i mean in that movie the the whole thing the whole focus is the corporate world right and the corporate structure and how that can go awry and totally like pervert society and and turn human lives into meaningless meat pulp see the guy that gets gunned down by the ed 209 in the meeting and they're just disappointed that the ed didn't perform better um but like then you come into starship troopers right you get these beautiful commercials all throughout they're just giving you so much world building in this like amazing little nutshell i'm using a lot of hand gestures you can't see it at home but trust me i am and um (laughs) it's all for the state though it's all for the federation it's not they're not selling shit they're selling the federation which sort of sets up like oh all media is like state controlled like everything is state Mm -hmm. controlled and there's so many little breadcrumbs like dropped throughout which is part of my beef with these now some deceased sorry raj uh, reviews reviewers rather like it was I, I, like I saw this movie as a kid so like I saw this on VHS when it came out on VHS and um, I got that you know as a kid I was like oh okay I see what they're doing here and um, if you don't mind like anecdote about how I saw this movie um, and and my connection to the book as well and why it's been so long since I read it uh, so I was probably in like 97 I, w- I was young i was maybe maybe middle school into elementary somewhere in there probably middle school um d- don't check my math but um i was a late bloomer when it came to reading which is ironic since now i write but um i i was a late bloomer but the books when i started reading like really reading voraciously i i, I picked it up quickly and i was always attracted to like violent books like gory books like bram stoker's dracula was the first novel i read because i was like this is what i want. I'd, I'd sort of seen some movies I'd, i knew a bit about it i'd seen the hammer pictures so i was like this is going to be awesome and of course it was very wordy and it wasn't what i was expecting but um the marketing campaign that you were describing for starship troopers with that blur song you know i got my head shaved by a jumbo jet fuck yeah i'm here for it you know what i mean um i'm like dad i want to watch that movie and he makes me a deal he says it's based on a book. You read the book. I'll rent the movie for you. So I read the book, um, and it was just boring, just so boring compared to this film. Like I was worried going into the movie, having read the book, um, and I've since reread it. Uh, in in kind of like I, I listened to it, which is why I kind of it, those. This is the same thing, people. Don't beat yourself up. You listen to audiobooks. You read books. It's the same. It all comes out in the wash, but. Uh, I picked up on a lot more of like the fascist stuff, which kind of is not a joke in the book. It's actually serious. The totalitarianism, the military, militarism, all that stuff is like presented as like a solution, you know? And if you're kind of going through like looking things through the lens of like sci-fi is a representation of the era in which it was written, then you have to go like, oh, mother, that's scary. Like this McCarthy era author is like well maybe we ought to just go swing hard to the right and give the military control of everything because they don't do anything wrong cough cough south america cough cough fucking around in africa cough cough cold war you know um so i read the book i didn't get any of that i'm just like when are we gonna get to the fireworks factory to quote millhouse you know like where is the jumbo jet song and it wasn't there but i did my due diligence i read the book um and so i gave my my dad you know i told i read the book okay 
So my mom goes out of town for a business trip as she actually wasn't a business trip. She was going, you know, she was going to school, uh, correspondence, but she would occasionally have to leave town to go. She's getting her master's degree, public health people respect your public health officers. All right. They do good. Um, so she's out of town. My dad goes down to the video store. He rents Starship Troopers for my sister and I. My sister's five years younger than me. So again, don't check my math, but she's young. We get a pizza. We put the movie on. Um, we watch this, this entire film uh, up until the point. And my dad, he must have just been like in, inside. I mean, imagine like you're watching this with your kids, you know, the shower scene, um, the bugs just decimating people like the decapitations the guy getting shot in the head like all the violence the nudity all of it cranked to 11 we get to the part where xander gets stabbed in the head and his brain's getting sucked out and that was it that was the bridge too far for my dad he's like that's it i'm turning this shit off and he turns it off like he, he had no idea um because it's not the modern era where you can just hit pause and see how much runtime is left like that was it was a vhs so he just he just hit eject he had no idea there was only like three minutes left in the movie after that right like that's like the end of the fucking movie so he's like i'm turning this shit off he goes to bed later on you know my sister's in bed i sneak out i push that tape right back in and i watch the rest of the movie like turn to like one on the audio dial i was kind of i was like ready to like do this thing like i had my blanket i was ready to like watch another you know i would have watched another two hours but unfortunately like i said there was only like three minutes left like that's my introduction to starship troopers is it's like uh i earned it it was worth it i mean because it was such a departure from the book in every fucking way you want especially as a little kid like me like we're not doing all this like proselytizing and shit. Like we kind of are, but it's like smartly done. Whereas the book is just like beating you over the head with it. Um, and we're certainly cranking up the action. We're certainly doing all the fun stuff. So like I saw this before I saw RoboCop years mm-hmm. later in high school at like a stoner party. I saw RoboCop and was like, Hey, this kind of reminds me of Starship Troopers. And somebody did the old like elbow nudge whisper in my ear. That's the same guy. And of course it like all clicks, you know? Um, and it's always, since then it's been like a it's a spiritual brother of robocop right like tell me that there's some trivia corner of the internet that says these two movies take place in a shared universe like i know we're all obsessed with shared universes right now thanks to like the mcu and stuff but like they're they're related right like they have to be i I almost feel like it's a like yeah totally totally uh dylan there's so much shit that i want to unpack from there i don't necessarily know where to begin but i i think the first thing i would mention is just like the the xander brain sucking um it's so funny how your father and i think a lot of audiences and shit even myself included that gun violence isn't really that much of a big deal we'll we'll right. go along with that ride everything is totally fine nudity as an american audience we're like yay tits wonderful my dad's very he's a francophile though so the nudity was not a problem i yeah. mean like, i mean like he, he watched it with us like I, I don't know what he was i don't know how he was like feeling inside like twisting and turning i don't know but like my dad's a francophile famously so like the thing that wouldn't have given him pause i mean like it's not gonna like really He's not a Puritan, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, generally, guns, boobs, that those that's not very shocking. We can make space for it, right? That brain sucking scene 
it does stand out in a movie that is littered with violence in a scene where you've got people showering like co-ed naked, mm-hmm. even though that's a little strange that that brain sucking scene is it stands out. You know, it, it's a really, really weird moment. It's very gra- It's a graphic and it's long. Yeah. And maybe it has something to do with like the idea of like, I don't know, like I, I don't want to get too Freudian about it. Like I know sometimes a brain sucking stabber is just a brain sucking stabber but also sometimes it's kind of a dick especially when it comes out of what (laughs) appears to be a giant sopping sort of vaginal creature i mean you all see in the movie you know don't put me up on a don't don't put me on the cross over this like this it's there it's obvious but it's like maybe it, it had to do with the fact that it's like vaguely kind of you know, kind of like it goes on for a while. It's all framed center shot. No, we're not obfuscating the shot at all. It's very phallic. It's very sort of sexually charged in a weird way. I don't think it's an accident either. I know we're jumping, we're starting at the end, but the movie kind of doesn't start at the beginning either. So it's totally fine. Um, But like the whole Xander and Carmen dynamic is sexually charged uh-huh. like every scene they share together is sexually charged in some way so it's like this dude gets his head literally fucked by a giant sucker thing that comes out of a yep. alien vagina face and maybe yeah. that was one bridge too far for my dear my dear father <laughs> yeah yeah no i get it i get it um and this also the whole movie is like just one little thirst trap after another right the amount of people that oh my are, gosh. are basically chasing their own boners going into the military mm-hmm. is so funny right um but before we get into that and before we continue to unpack what you said just a moment ago just to finish even the plot right because uh we've we, we talked about this federation but we haven't really even discussed that right now Humanity is at war with this alien species. Called wait, oh wait, war. are you starting at the beginning? Are you starting in the middle of the beginning? Like, because the film, you know, it pulls a it pulls a one two on you. I know. Right? I'm just doing a little plot, basically. Okay, okay, like, okay. Go for it. Go for it. I will zip yeah, it. I'm so zipped. You got mankind going against the these uh, these giant bugs um, called arachnids, and even though it's not overtly said, in fact, it's not said at all. Mankind's actually really the reason why the war even started, right? I mean, it's all about like like colonization and propaganda. It's all bullshit. Like, do we really believe that the the this alien species who's across like the other fucking side of the galaxy are launching like asteroids? No, no, no. It's it's propaganda. It's bullshit, right? So the movie is really great because of the fact that it's total satire and it's total like nod to like fascism that even the information that we're being told by the film and these little commercials it's all horseshit right and it's so genius but anyway uh war is at uh, war is interstellar war over like colonization and battle between mankind and these giant bugs um and the stakes really i know i know we're just recapping the plot but like it should be said that like this isn't star wars where like we need to stop the evil spread of the bugs. No, this was like, this is a tit for tat thing. We are mm-hmm. now at war yeah. with the bugs Quite. in this world because they hit us after we poked at them. And now we're at war with them. It's like not there's the stakes are so ridiculously low. If you really stop to think about it. 
Mm-hmm. It's not. That's- it's not good and evil. It's not the fifth element, right? Right. It's. It's if we just said, "All right, that's enough. It's over. We're done." Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's really. I when I just watched this movie, it put me in a different. Like, let me rephrase that. I got an entirely different response from watching this movie recently after watching All Quiet on the Western Front, the the, the oh. new version that is out on Netflix. And there's some very, very striking parallels in mm-hmm. which this movie, you've got these young people like so excited about going into war, right? I mean, it's just like, yay, let's go. We're going we're going to fight for what we believe in. Same thing is going on all quiet in the Western front, right? Like, yay, the youth is going to a fucking bullshit war because of the fucking fascists that are saying this is what we need to do. And when this movie's over, it's still like, yay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to succeed. Right. And then all, all quiet in the Western front is an entirely different kind of culmination in the response that the, the Rico versus hero that we have in that film completely completely different perspectives but again just war 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 it's interesting to stack those two against each other though because it's like i think it is a mistake that view that reviewers made not to keep like throwing dirt on on them uh especially those that have passed on but like um it was a mistake to view this as a war movie Mm -hmm. you know like this isn't saving private ryan this isn't all quiet on the western front like it has uh the most shallow nods to some of those themes, you know, but at the same time, it completely pisses on those themes as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, you start the, the movie starts uh, mid with the invasion of Kalindathu, the alien home world as told from a propaganda film, right? Like the, the, the war correspondent for the state media He's on the ground. It's an ugly planet. It's a bug planet. And, and it's apparent from what's happening in the background that it's not going well at all. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I love that we're piggybacking off of that ad. You, the, that the movie starts with one of those political ads, like you were saying, uh, one of the state ads. You know, everybody's signing up for the mobile infantry. I'm doing my oh, part. Even all those commercials, I'm- even on the commercial, it says, like, if you look at, like, uh, would you like to know more? One of the little hyperlinks says enlist. So yes, even on, like, the, even on the commercials. Commercial, it's saying enlist. And yeah. it's like, we're putting the idea in your head as the filmmakers, they're putting the idea in your head because that commercial ends like the big rally cry to sign up and enlist. It ends with the little kid going, I'm doing my part too. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a good laugh about it. Smash cut to we're invading Clendathu. Smash cut to everybody's getting their fucking guts ripped out like immediately. Yeah. And that's what I mean by it. it's like almost kind of like pissing on those like ideas of like, of like, oh, like I, I'm using air quotes again. I'm sorry. Uh, war film where we're really like saying like, Every life lost matters. Every person that dies was a person, was a character. Like all the best war films really try to like get you to understand that like the truth of war, which is like you're a father, I'm a father. Every time you snuff somebody's life out for the state, you're undoing a lot of, you're you're doing a, a pretty heinous act. Like you're, you know, war is terrible. It's not glorious at all. And so for Starship Troopers, um, you know, we get to know some of these characters through the shower scene, through these other scenes, through the training montages, all this stuff, through the school part of the movie. And they are so unceremoniously eviscerated and literally ripped to shreds that it's like you don't give any time to the audience to go, 
oh my god, Chijumi. No, he's just fucking done. The guy is turned into yep. confetti in front of your eyes. And you know, if you've seen the movie a few times, when because it starts, you know, at with the invasion of Klondathu through this uh this propaganda, you know, war reporter and the cameraman filming. Thank God for him, he he could film it all. Um, like you're seeing several characters that you're gonna meet later, just getting absolutely yeah, turned into confetti. Like I'll say to get pink mist yeah. levels of yeah. destruction. Um, but there's no like other than Rico being like, me and then like shooting his gun a whole bunch more. There's really no um we don't stop to think about it. We don't even go into like slow-mo or like zoom in on his eyes. It's like once the bugs got him, they're not characters in the movie, they're gone. They don't exist yeah. any longer. And to me, like that is Verhoven the saying, like, hey. Crack a cold one. We're having fun, you know? Like, this isn't a war film. Are you fucking kidding me? If I want to make a war film and really say something about the perils of war, I'll do it about a war that actually happened. Why, why would I try to make a commentary about war in a movie that is ob objectively ridiculous, you know? Right. Like, not, not saying uh, we're calling them arachnids. They don't have eight legs. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, something that you had said, uh, oh, oh, um, that like you're revisiting the novel and everything and not caring about the book. What I love is that for Hoven, like fucking stop reading. Like this book is stupid. Oh, I love and, that. Yeah. Just like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to tell my it's own like somebody version. tell me what happens in the book. I'm not going to read it. It's boring. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And so take a very, very specifically like right wing film and basically take that context and flip it completely upside down is it, it mm -hmm. is so genius. Now um, we've talked a little bit about the critics. So again, this movie uh, was released November of 97. So just over 25 years ago to mix to mostly negative reviews from critics who falsely perceive the film to be like promoting fascism. Right. I mean, there was a lot of like accusations thrown at Verhoeven and like saying uh, he was a Nazi, right? Like yeah, he was so actually he called was a, Nazi. a Nazi. It's like, yeah. did you just did you just look at his last name and that's it? Yeah. That's enough for you. Never oh, that sounds not. Yeah. Never mind that Verhoeven was like raised in like you know he he was a Dutch kid raised under like Nazi, Nazi rule. like occupation. He had seen firsthand. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it, it's. It's so fascinating, and and Grand the film received criticism for like the gratuitous violence, which Verhoeven famously, you know, like Robocop, um, had experiences, you know, as well. But and then like the cardboardy performances of of some of the leads, but yeah, it, it, it's it, it's so much like amazing. The movie grossed like a hundred. It basically broke even, but yeah. actually technically took a loss because it made like a hundred million at like. It had a hundred million dollar budget, but at the same time, really to break even, you really truly need to like double that. Right. But for advertising and everything. Yeah, exactly. But what's fascinating is the like that revisionist perspective, because now a movie that 25 years ago, if the tomato meter existed, it was like a 20, like a 20 percenter. Yeah. That's now, just under under 30 for sure. Yeah. Now it's a 70 percenter for my critics. Like the amount of critics that are like, oh, fuck, we were so wrong. And the audience this. score is like in the 90s. Yeah. Because like if, you, it's, if it's, you're it's a great. person Roger who Ebert. is even within like the age range that we are, um, like, you know, Starship Troopers, you have some experience with it. Um, even if even if you're not like a film person, like 
you're you're aware of it because mm-hmm. of that advertising campaign, right? Because of it because it was so bombastic, even for the time. You know, like we're hot off the heels of like Jurassic Park has happened. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing monster movies again, but we're doing it with this new technology. Like shit has changed. The the the, the landscape has changed. Uh re-monster movies. So like even if this isn't your cup of tea, um you knew it was a thing. You knew it exists. You're aware of it. And like it was its cultural impact, you know. I I, I don't really think it can be understated. Like and I'm talking about even people who, like I said, didn't even watch it. Like you were aware of this film. Like in a way, it's one of those movies that you know, even if you don't know, because mm-hmm. its legacy has evolved, which keeps it in conversation, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't exist um, in like stasis or to borrow another Jurassic Park metaphor. It doesn't exist in Amber. It's not frozen in this moment of time. Oh, this so totally encapsulates the 90s. No, you can apply this shit to like literally every fucking 10 year decades. You could apply it to now. You could apply it to our invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan. Like you could you can apply this film and learn something about it. like Jesus Christ. Off air, we were talking a little bit. We don't need to get political, but like, holy fucking shit, fascism. Hey, we all knew it was a bad thing at some point, apparently. And enough people forgot that it was a bad thing that now suddenly starship troopers is relevant again but this time the fascism thing is relevant mm-hmm. you know so it's so go ahead what you're saying so what you're saying is starship trooper or rather so what you're saying is starship troopers uh finds a way it finds a way little, it finds, finds a way uh, uh yeah. starship troopers uh finds a way yeah to be relevant uh, yeah, it's it's amazing, and I, granted, there still is a great large audience out there that still hasn't seen it because of that mismarketing campaign, right? Mm-hmm. People like, oh, it's just a fucking sci-fi movie about people killing aliens. Whoop de do, mm-hmm. and you know, granted, you know, they're obviously wrong. And people like Roger Ebert, uh, just because I, I want to get this quote because it's so good. And he's a film critic that I greatly admire. I think he more times than not when it came to like Siskel and Ebert, I felt Ebert was more right. But I love when he's wrong, just so I can look at like, man, even those that are a master of of film criticism can be so wrong where you said it's why it's why we like the greek myths man because the gods fucked up every once in a while it's more relatable right he's not perfect he makes a mistake and that makes him human and you like that yeah so this is just like the opening paragraph from his review starship troopers is the most violent kitty movie ever made Hmm. i call it a kitty movie not to be insulting but to be accurate it's action Characters and values are pitched at 11 year old science fiction fans. <laughs> that makes wrong. it true to its source. It's based on a novel for juveniles by Robert A. Heinlein. I read it to the point of memorization while I was, when I was in grade school. I have improved since then, but this story has not. Wow. Which That's is funny. Part- He's literally describing me, though, Andrew. Like, Mm-hmm. I was like around 11 years old when the movie came out and I was like, this shit's the tits. I don't give a shit what anybody says. This is a good movie with a capital G. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, he, he was wrong, but he was right too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe um, it speaks to the degradation of culture or something like yeah. the decline of Western civilization. But this is a good movie folks. 
And also, he's not wrong in his review. <laughs> so there, 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 there are a lot of things to discuss with this movie. I mean, on its surface, I mean, it works. It works fine as just an out and out. Like, if you just want to watch a movie about people blowing shit up, yeah, it's fun. But it's it fun. has a structure, though. Is the thing. Like there, it does. Are, like out, like if you want to watch a movie about people blowing shit up, you just watch like the Avengers. Like this movie, it has a narrative arc. You know what I mean? So I think that's part of what makes it attractive, at least to like, uh, cinephiles and people who, I mean, even a cinephile like you or I wants to watch shit blow up sometimes, you know, like even, even we want that itch scratched. It's not all, you know, fucking Roma and you know, whatever. (laughs) It's not all that, uh, (laughs) but it can be, but, um, like, it has an arc though it has a narrative structure it's it's it doesn't it it it's it's so good at uh sabotaging its franchise potential that a franchise has never been able to happen with it i mean i am aware that other sequels exist but nobody fucking watches those give me a break I've who never would seen another, why would another. you why yeah. would you right it's odd. it's just this movie the way it ends and the way it begins for that matter tells you everything you need to know about it guess what the military industrial complex now runs the world and we have ourselves a forever war here people the end you know so like as a cinephile you get to watch shit blow up you get to watch like the set pieces the action set pieces are impeccable in my opinion um the special effects are, really do hold up. I know that people talked about uh, e- e- reviewers at the time. Again, were throwing so much dirt at these people, but they were saying that, that that some of the effects were bad. I'm like, just wait until literally everything's a fucking computer. No one's anywhere. We're filming everything on a green screen soundstage in mm-hmm. Atlanta. No disrespect to Atlanta, but seriously, come on, guys, let's go to a place and put people in front of a thing that exists and film it. Um, yeah, it, it all holds up. Plus, it has this like kind of interesting narrative narrative structure. Like, I've talked a couple of times about how it it starts not at the beginning, but kind of the middle beginning, middle, middle beginning. Yeah, I love that. That's that's risky. You know, that's that's asking your audience to like turn its brain on. I can guarantee mm-hmm. fucking to you, the Avengers doesn't start in the middle. It starts at the beginning, and then it goes. I mean, I know you have to have seen twenty thousand other movies at, up to that point, and I love those movies, so don't write me hate mail. I get it, but like. This is kind of asking something of you. We go to, we do a one year later. That's always asking your audience, okay, pay attention because we've done something here that's sort of cinematic in a traditional sense. Um, it, and, it, and it starts out as a school movie, right? Like, like Top Gun. We're going to school. Our school is the mobile infantry. School is the fleet. But we're going to school. We're getting almost as many scenes of Rico and company training You know, Denise Richards, bless her heart, trying her just absolute best to seem like a human being in this movie, flying spaceships (laughs) and all that stuff. Her level best. She's trying her level best to have. You heard that Verhoeven made her cry, like in the in the making of this film. I, I tell me the story, please. Well, there, it's it's even like a superficial scene. It's the moment after they've gotten their scores and they're. They're hmm. leaving like the building and um, Neil Patrick Harris comes over. It's kind of like a blocking scene. And but it's the three of them together and she's smiling and he, he's just talking about how she's smiling way too much. And they did 
a shitload of takes of just this one like little blocking scene. So she like Shelley Duvall her, but instead of like Jack Nicholson yeah. chopping through a door, it's just it's just a uh, fucking Doogie Himmler walking up and being like, "Hey, uh, I'm, I'm your buddy." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like I read that. That is not my joke. Asterix. I read that online and thought it was quite hilarious. Oh, I love that. I love that. Doogie Himmler. Apparently, they were uh, calling I'm him not... that on the set when he was walking around in his little like SS uniform. Carl, the character Carl. Yeah, um, yeah. which is something we'll have to talk about. Another reason, like things that blow my mind that people didn't get, is the fact that like, dude. Like everybody is dressed like the fucking Third Reich. How do you not obviously see? they're obviously dressed like the Third Reich, the whole, right? It's like their emblem is basically the whole whole like oh my god the it, Nazi it just, eagle and all yeah, that yeah the Nazi eagle it, it, it's it's so good um shit I don't even know where I'm going right now but well just to quickly throw one last thing in there I got sidetracked making fun of Denise Richards Denise I'm so sorry I know you're probably crying yourself to sleep in your Malibu home. Every night you dodged AIDS from Charlie Sheen. You're doing okay. Life's good for you. I know. Hey, she came out on top. All right. And that whole cocktail, she was the maraschino cherry. So she's a terrible actress though. I'm sorry. She just is. But like the film has an interesting structure. It's what I was trying to say before I got mean spirited. I'm drinking whiskey. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, what, what, like, what is your, what, what is your whiskey that you're drinking? Just, I have to know. Well, I'm, I'm drinking slain whiskey right now. It's Irish whiskey. Okay. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, very, yeah. I, I'm Irish. You can't see me in, uh, audio land, but I have extremely rosy cheeks, 24 by seven, which makes day drinking pretty cool for me. Cause no one can ever tell, but, uh, I'm drinking slain right now. It's yeah. kind of making a big push commercially to like be a thing in the U S it's giving Jameson a run for its money, which is good. Cause Jameson, if you're listening, your prices are out of control. You need to bring that shit down. All right. The tariffs are over. I don't know why you charge as much as you think you do, but it's it's too much. Um, but Starship Troopers, the thing we're here to talk about, uh, it, it we go we go to school. I love school movies, especially if the school like this is like Ender's game shit. Like I have to wonder if um I I've actually forced his name out of my mind because he's a crazy right winger too. But the guy who wrote Ender's Game, um, which is another I, I don't know if you're familiar with the the book or the movie. Um, I know it's a movie, but I, I've never super, seen it. It's very fascist as well. He's definitely following Heinlein's lead. Was Harrison Ford in that? Was Harrison that Ford was in the film and like Asa Butterfield and, and others. Um, I want to say Ben Kingsley's involved, but I, that <laughs> I could be wrong. Um, the, that book is a school book. Um, it's we're at war. War is a thing. We're a militaristic uh, society. And we have uh, people going to school to learn how to do war. I won't spoil the book or the film, even though they're both like way, way old and you should know by now, but um, it, it is certainly diversion from Starship Troopers, but it has that vibe of like, we're going to tell you about how society works, about how the future works by going to school in the future. Because I mean, like what, a what better place for exposition is there as a setting than a school? Like all you do at school is have teachers expound on shit to you. So like mm-hmm. we go to school, Ratchak, uh, silly name as his dad, as Rico's dad says, Ratchak tells us about citizenship. He tells us about uh, how this society came to be with the the veterans, democracy with the failure of democracy, and the veterans rose up and overtook control. And that all sounds very scary. And it's just a throwaway line. And you have to imagine that that was not a bloodless coup. Um, and you know that what like what you were mentioning earlier, like only through citizenship 
or only through service can you achieve citizenship and all that stuff. Like you get all that from the fact that this is a school movie. And so it's totally okay to have massive amounts of exposition because that is the setting where that takes place. Um, and then, and then the events of the film, the real like sort of catalyst with the, the alien, with the attack, quote unquote, the attack, uh, false flag, you know, um, meteorites don't burn and burn in jet fuel, whatever, you know, these people say, but like, then it's a war movie, but it starts out, it has this interesting structure that asks something of you as a viewer, um, more so than just kind of like, Oh, just follow, follow the little dancing rabbit. Like the, the, the film undergoes all these transformations mm -hmm. and shifts, which I think is amazing for an action movie. You don't really get that so much anymore. No, no, not at all. And, you know, uh, whether we're talking about fascism or like or just general like government control, I mean, these are things that the movie really harnesses as well. And then even things that are a little bit more, I don't know if subliminal is the way, but, you know, you just mentioned citizenship. We had talked about that. I had mentioned reproduction earlier. But mm -hmm. what about even thought? Right. I mean, that's something that 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 is addressed like we now are in position where we're going to introduce like psychic, like I phenomena love. that we're going to like, we're going to now control your thoughts mm -hmm. as well, which is kind of like fun and cute. Cause it's Doogie Hauser. Right. But now government is also able to put thoughts in your head and to do read this. your yeah. mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that it's like the third Reich's wet dream that they could actually mm -hmm. control your thoughts and read your thoughts or like any totalitarian government. Like you can insert the Soviets, you could insert whoever you want, like us, um, like that is the end all be all. And also that's a very Ender's game kind of vibe too. <laughs> I believe there's some of that stuff is happening, um, in that book, but we don't need to talk about it. It's not nearly as good of a movie. Um, the Doogie Hauser thing that you mentioned with like the, um, being able to read your mind. Uh, I love the ad that you see that introduces that idea. Um, from from one of these great commercial breaks the what is it it's like do you think you can read minds maybe you can it's just like <laughs> the silliest. are you a psych do you think you're a psychic maybe you are and the little like third eye opens on the guy's forehead yeah 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 it's so cheesy but it's so effective and it, it really is just dropped into the film and kind of not addressed much or touched on nope. until the very end, and this is like the stuff that I was watching on volume level one after my dad had gone to sleep, you know, post brain bug sucking when Rico says to Doogie Himmler, hey, you put that idea in, into my head, didn't you? You told me where Carmen was. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. That's classified or whatever. Yeah. And we know from the beginning of the film uh, that he couldn't do that yet. He was trying mm -hmm. in, in the scene with the cards. Um which really reminded me of uh, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, by the way. I was just waiting yeah. for him to like start shocking Casper Van Dane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It was like gum came flying out of his mouth. Like, you can keep your five bucks or whatever it was. I yeah. will, mister. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Um, just over the top. I mean, the, the acting over the top, but also how intentionally over the top. Like everybody – uh, obviously Rico being that, that, that perfect, like total buffoon, you know, it, it, he, he was great. Um, I mean, the, the cast in this movie, I, I want to address the beautifulness that everybody is in the movie, right. but I love that 
all the young people basically all came from like Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, Um, Have you? Okay. So I had read a theory online in preparation for the show. I was doing some probing around the net. Um, So if this was your theory, don't at me, but good job. Um, That somebody pointed out that it was kind of, it, it wasn't an accident that all of our Aryan wet dream main characters come from Buenos Aires and Argentina, mm-hmm. right? Like that's where, you know, I mean, if anybody knows anything about Argentina, Google it. Yikes. You know what you want to find out why the uh, Israeli Nazi hunters are so interested in Argentina. Yeah. Okay. So like also congratulations, Argentina on passing through the next round of the world cup. That was a great game. Messi, Come on, <laughs> get it together. What the fuck was yes. with that penalty shot, dude? Come on. <laughs> It's so funny that you mentioned that because I remember when I when I saw this like in when I was in college I'm like Casper Van Diem like Argentinian like what like Dina my man Meyer. Is that, like that is like one Aryan and like oh like they I put some like tan this. they put some bronzer on him but that's just because he's in the sun you know yeah that dude that is, means- yeah Van Dane I mean- come on. I mean, it's everybody. Everybody is just like, oh, yeah, that was a Nazi haven for post-World War II. Yeah, I get it. How this – these are people that are invested in like critical thought and how so many critics missed the mark and didn't get this is – it's fascinating. And I love – I love that audiences are starting to pick that up. Um, it must have been like honestly, like deflating a little. Like you do put that much critical thought into your work, you know, um, and then it's just completely like it's it's missed so thoroughly that people are actually calling the director a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Like they miss they miss the point so fucking thoroughly. Yeah, they've like gone and, full circle, like yeah, almost. And, he, and then like even like the acting, like yes, yes, they're it supposed is to be bad. Yeah. yeah, Johnny Rico is supposed to be dumb as dog shit, you guys. They show us his math scores in the movie. Like, <laughs> you're supposed to understand that he's not that bright. And it's okay, because he's the ideal instrument for the Federation. Ideal instrument for the Federation, right? He has no original thought mm-hmm. in the entire movie. He does what everybody Whatever says. Whatever his father figure tells him to do, every, any father figure that's not his father. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anybody that isn't his father, like even his boss says, eh, you know, don't pass it. But, you know, like you, you, you don't pass up a good like a, a good yeah. thing. And, his and teacher, his teacher says on fucking his girl. Yeah. His teacher says you should definitely have sex with that person that has been trying to have sex with you for years. And he's like, hey, maybe I should have sex with that person that's been trying to have sex mm-hmm. with you for years. That person being Dina Meyer, uh, 1997 Dina Meyer, not for nothing. Meyer, yeah. Meyer. Anyway. Yeah. And then even like when he gets promoted, he doesn't have an original thought. Everything that he even says is what has been said to him. Yeah. Like, and we're like, oh, it's not, it's inspiring. Like, no, no, no. That's just shit that he's been told that he's now regurgitating. Flip six, three hole. That wasn't even his idea to do a flip six, three hole, which we never really do learn what a flip six, three hole is. It involves a flip. So we know that much. But that was Diz's idea in, 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 the, tra- in the school part of the film. Um, yeah, I mean, Johnny Rico is, a, is an empty vessel. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. He, is, yep. he is the result of, like what you were mentioning earlier, like the 
the subliminal messaging. Um, I'll use a hot button word. Hey, conservatives, calm down. Grooming that the state was doing in these commercials that we see, he is the result of that. He is programmed to receive. And whatever, whoever's got, you know, whoever's ready to tell him what to do, he's ready to listen to them. As long as it's in line with what he's been programmed to receive. You know, he, the only people he rebels against are his parents, you know? And they're like, hey, go get an education. Like, shock of shocks. Like, go see the universe. Go on a cruise. And he's like, fuck that shit. My teacher, a.k.a. my recruiter, um, told me, you know, all this other stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, it's even at the end of the film, when it, and it's presented as a hurrah, a hurrah moment. And I could see why uh, critics missed the subtle joke that's taking place in the moment. But when... Um, he is now in command of the rat of uh, the roughnecks and Rico's roughnecks. yeah and the guy goes rico's roughnecks it's like motherfucker is stoked to be that unoriginal they were ratchet's yeah. roughnecks until ratchet was dead you idiot like come up with a new mm-hmm. name he de- he can't you know his whole ambition in life is to be what he was made to be by yep. this hyper fascist utopia that is introduced in the film through all these incredible uh, moments of exposition in the school portion of the film and through the commercials that continue on uh, through the remainder of the film, the war part of the film. Yeah. It's it's 100%. super brilliant. Like the screenplay, I, I'm not, like, I was talking, I was thinking about it like uh, before I came on air, like I kind of want to get my hands on a copy of it just so I can read it and see what it reads like, because mm. it's so interestingly constructed again like i'm not th- i'm not going to continue to throw stones but like a lot of modern screenplays um i'm a, you know as a writer i kind of get like i they don't do a lot for me and i see where the director's coming in and the effects team and all these other people are coming in and really doing a lot of the heavy lifting for the screenwriter um especially like with blockbusters they almost feel like they're written by no one it there's a real like there's a real intentionality here in the screenplay so i i would love to get my hands on a copy and just see how it reads even yeah, and I, I think that like the original screenplay from from research, I think its origin started like ninety one. This movie came out oh, like wow. ninety seven, and uh, Neumeyer had begun working on something that I don't know if it was always in. It was always uh, Starship Troopers, but based on thematic elements. Starship Troopers came to like w- was involved. The original working title was not Starship Troopers because they didn't necessarily have the rights to mm. that type, that that property. So it was actually very, very late that they even got that 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 the property included for it. But mm. admittedly I wish I, I knew a little bit more about So were they they were just then just gonna kind of like ape it and call it something else. Yeah, yeah. It had a different different title entirely. And oh, wow. if we were to hit pause, I can tell you what the original title was. Oh, you know what? I've actually heard something about this before. It's it's got a weird title. Um, it's a long title. Yeah. I, I'm aware I, I'm actually vaguely aware of what you're talking about. Um, it's like something, something, outpost, something. It's it's yeah, kind it of like, like trying outpost. to do like an all quiet on the western front kind of deal, yep. but it's like with sci-fi stuff plugged in. Um, you're yeah, yeah, you're storing a memory. And then wasn't it like Bug they hunt at Outpost Seven. Bug Hunt at Outpost Seven. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later they got the rights to Starship Troopers, which is also probably why 
you know, as somebody who's read the book, you know, admittedly a long time ago, the similarities are really superficial um, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, oh, uh, side note, I was on a different podcast called Above the Bar, and the host is an ex-Marine. Um, super cool podcast. He told me, because I brought up Starship Troopers, as I'm apt to do, in conversation, if you ever meet me in person, sorry if I start talking at you about Starship Troopers, it's just what I do. Um, but he mentioned that in the Marine Corps, for their like officers or whatever, it's like required reading. It was required reading, yeah. Yikes, dude. Yeah. It was I mean, actually thank you like, for your service, but holy shit. Cur- yeah, it was part of the curriculum, yeah. Now, I was in the Navy. This wasn't necessarily part of my curriculum, but I did know that Starship Troopers was part of marine curriculum yeah That's up until wild. i don't know if it was like the past maybe 15 years but at least in at, 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 when i enlisted in 2000 it was part of like the marine curriculum wow mm-hmm. wow that's yeah. in, that's intense yeah yeah. Um, yeah um no please go ahead i've been I, i've been kind of leading this conversation no so no it's, wanna... it's wonderful there's so much to talk about the thing with this movie is i could talk about it I could talk about it. Redfish, bluefish, one fish, two fish. I could go a dozen different directions with this movie. Like it's, there's so much to unpack, you know, it's, it's such a rich for a blockbuster movie. It's so rich. And I, I hate that every time I come on your show, I I just talk shit about modern blockbusters, but like, I really do feel lit down by them. Like I, I watched, this was like the umpteenth time that I've seen Starship Troopers and if anything has changed for me, if I've evolved, which hopefully I have, um, it was that, like you were mentioning earlier about how like Americans and gun violence, and it's sort of like, oh, we're used to that. Like, show me all the tits in the world. It's okay. Show me all the guns in the world. It's okay. But like, oh boy, like this brain bug, that's a, that's a bridge too far. I've used Mm -hmm. that phrase too many times. I'm officially, uh, retiring it, but like, that's, that's too much. Um, in this, uh, sort of uh not to be too serious but you know in in the state that we're in right now with gun violence in our country you know make of that what you will we all see the news i was actually like getting kind of uh it was where it was starting to wear on my nerves the the amount of shots fired like just Mm. the repetitive uh, like, cause they're, they must've gone through hundreds of rounds of blank ammunition in the, in this movie, thousands, maybe even tens of thousands. I mean, cause the, once the shooting starts, it really doesn't stop. And every bug takes like a hundred rounds to put down and you, you multiply that by like 50 or 60 actors because we're not Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. We're not copy pasting actors to make a composite shot. You know, it's actual extras. And all the actual extras are in actual armor and they also all have actual guns and they're all pointing at maybe it's a guy with a broom. Maybe it's a Paul Verhoeven shouting. I'm a giant bug. I'm a bug. I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it is though, they're pulling triggers and mechanic, you know what I mean? Like a, like an alchemical reaction is taking place. Blanks are being fired. The shells are being ejected. Like these Berettas, burritas as they call them in the commercial, LOL are shooting the shit out of everything in this movie. And like, I'm like, oh man, like this is, if there's anything about this movie that I'm like kind of having a, an, a little bit of a, not an issue with, but like, I, cause it's per, it's my personal thing. Like if, if I'm having like a moment with it, it's like, 
I like legit don't need to hear that much gunplay. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, it's a lot. Like, and I don't know if that's just because of the fact that we've now been involved in two forever wars, so which were somehow out of, even if it was messy. And then there's a shooting every week and all this stuff. Like the gun part of this film has really like risen to be something that I notice. Um, which is strange to me because of all the other gratuitous violence, especially like we were mentioning earlier, people like Chijumi and these other characters just getting Dina Meyer getting not yeah. killed, super killed with a mm-hmm. with an umlaut over the U, you know, like getting absolutely brutalized. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, cool. But it's like Rico's shooting something that's not there. And I'm like, God, when will this guy stop pulling the trigger already? Like, I can't take much more of this. It's just an interesting aside. I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on this one. And that's fine if I am because I'm alone in most things. But like, yeah, it was just something I noticed this time around. Like, whoa, the gunplay is pretty intense, you know? And I think that speaks to also the fact that they are using actual prop guns and blanks. There's none of this computer stuff. Right. Like, like we get in like John Wick and all these other movies. Yeah, I'm I'm very I'm always very sensitive to discussing guns. Uh, I, I know that we if you're let me rephrase that because this is a global podcast. I've got listeners on on six of the seven continents. Oh, Thank you very much. Probably in but, Antarctica. Come on, they're bored down there. They need I podcasts. Know, I know. Um, but this is for the most part, you know, this is an American podcast and this is a country that that loves their guns. Yeah. Um the the element of, of life and just being able to just like a look, just a muscle response, how like quickly we can end something. And then when you do see just people like just as like fucking like automatons, just pummeling thing, it's war, war is hell. And just the, the power that comes with, um, indoctrinating people and throwing bullshit propaganda just to perpetuate lies is just something that is horrifying about about mankind and i don't have no i don't have a plot anymore i'm just now going somewhere completely different no but i I mean it's it's that's why i think again you know people when the film came out missed the fact that here we are all these years later and we're having like an, we're having this, a discussion about gun violence, about the ease with which uh, weapons make it to end a life because we watched Starship Troopers. You know, it's like even all wrapped up in all of its silliness with Casper Van Dane and bless her heart, you know, uh, Denise, Richards. Denise Richards, just, just trying her hardest guys. She just really tried. Okay. So can we like, even with all of that, it's like the violence is a thing in the film and it's shocking when it's, when it wants to be shocking, it's extremely shocking. Um, I'm going to pause here. I, I really have to pee. I know it's super uncouth. Okay. I, I shot you a message, uh, but I figured we could like segue. Did you shoot me a message? Did I miss it? Um, I figured we could um, like segue, like maybe you could say something like, let's, you know, I got a thing about the the public nature of this world, you know, public math scores, public showers, all that. Um, we could jump in there. Or no, you're totally fine. We are just going to be. Uh, I don't know the last thing that you said before you had to pee. It was but... like violence. It was gun violence. So we could okay. we could just say like, you know, um, another thing that's interesting uh, aside from the violence is the exploration of sexuality, and then we could talk about the shower scene. 
and yeah, go in. perfect the shower perfect. scene and the go public pee. nature of stuff yeah go pee because now with your uh whiskey drinking i want to grab something you got to do it dude i'm yeah i shouldn't top off mine but i'm gonna pee What did you what did you get what kind of whiskey oh um what i had right i mean i've got a few different bottles but i just grabbed a little like ardbeg scotch so okay, okay. i figured i wondered if you being from georgia if you were like a big like a uh, bourbon rye guy oh no, no no i'm old world i'm all like irish whiskey and scotch yeah nice same and Japanese whiskey. I do like a good Japanese whiskey, too. My sister got me um, a really expensive bottle of Japanese whiskey that I've been making my way through. And it, it's not blowing my mind, but, like, I under I recognize that it's it's good. Do it's, you know who it's by? Jinro? Does that sound right? Okay. Or Suntory. Maybe. Suntory. 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 Jin, Jinro is a, is a soju that I used to drink in South Korea. Gotcha. My Japanese... I like Nika for Japanese whiskey. Irish whiskey. Um problem with irish whiskey by and large is there are very very few actual like irish like like jameson isn't yeah. real yeah. irish you know what i mean like it's like i like the black barrel stuff that's not bad yeah uh, i like red breast i think is i think mm-hmm. i think they do some really good stuff there's some good now like craft uh i don't even know if craft is the, the word that you want to use for like small i don't know if that's the right uh yeah yeah craft distilleries so there's this one called uh dingle which is out in dingle ireland they're doing some really interesting stuff and there's a couple other spots in ireland that are doing really interesting have you whiskey. been to ireland yeah yeah, yeah uh, I, I love it there dude uh 2017 uh, was the last time i went to ireland and Fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. Fucking loved it. Uh, we we went in December, and it was um, kind of a it was supposed it was gonna be our honeymoon, but it also was like a baby moon. My wife was pregnant, and so we we did about ten days there, and we had broken it all up. We'll spend a few days over in Dublin, a couple days out in Galway, Got a day or two here and there, but. So we we did that, but then when we got to Killarney, I don't know if you've ever been down to Killarney, but it's like the southwestern part of Ireland. Mm-hmm. We went to Cork. That was about as southwesty as yeah, we got. South, that, so that's southeast. Yeah. So we were going to spend a couple of days in, in in Cork because I had I, I had dated a girl in college and she was from Cork and she had spoken fondly of Cork. We went to Cork and Cork was fine, but that's exactly we, what it is. Just fine. It's fine. It's fine. But we had went to Killarney. And we're like, oh, no, we're never fucking leaving this town. I I would have done that with Galway if I had known about what Cork was going to be. I just wouldn't have left Galway. Yeah. Or my wife and I, we went went together. We just would have stayed in Galway. Galway's a great, I mean, I I enjoyed it up there. I like a a walking town, you know, like that's my shit. So the fact that you can get just like healed and walk from bar to bar 
like the whiskey trail, yeah. you know, like yeah. that is my bread and butter right there. If you get a chance, get down to Killarney. Okay. It's like an hour and change west of Cork and in a few hours uh, uh, south of, of Galway. It's such a, I mean, I, I like now I feel like a douchebag because fucking, um, what's his name? Uh, Bing Crosby was telling us about like, Hey, Killarney is a cool fucking town. A hundred years ago, he did a whole song called Christmas in Killarney. And like, now I know like, Oh no, my man Bing knew that shit in the early 1900s or like, you know, whatever he was around. That's it. That, that town is fucking cool. And they've got like great whiskey bars and it is very much a walking Small I love that town. Perfect. And there, there's just, it, it's part of like this ring of carry, which uh, includes uh, Killarney and then Dingle. So they've got like the inch beach down there. It, it's, it, it's like the most. That's where my, my family comes from carry. So, okay. Like that's why we, we went to Quirk to like, basically like try to hit a spot. Like, you know, one of my, like, you know, the, the, the homeland, whatever. Um, yeah. And, we just we drove. I don't know. Did you guys drive? So we oh were yeah, dri- we yeah. rented a car. So you know, yeah, super nerve wracking. All yeah. that whole fun thing. <laughs> well, I, again, I was born in Bermuda, so driving on the left, and that was that was. Ah. I, I felt fine. The hardest part was when we were going down from Galway into Killarney because it is wavy and fucking hilly as like all shit, and the lanes are this small. Right. So going from Dublin to Galway was fine. You're just going like easy peasy. Yeah, you're just going like 80 miles an hour. Yeah, uh, like straight, uh, straight pass. But being able to see uh, the cliffs and more, all that shit. I mean, Neat. like I love Ireland. I, love I do Ireland. too. I do too. That's my favorite. I, the reason I asked if you'd been is like I, I've always loved Irish whiskey. So I'm very Irish. Uh, unfortunately, in some ways, unfortunately in others. But like um, I got the gift of the gab, as they say, the crack. But um, when we went to Galway, we did the whiskey trail and mm. uh, we go to all those. Uh, did you do that when you were there? Remember, no, no, no. Okay. So like there are like a handful, I want to say under 15 bars, bars, whiskey bars in that in Galway that are like over a hundred years old or more. Some are, are much, much older and they're on something called the whiskey trail. And you can tell cause they all have like a stone that's like set above the door that matches the other bars. Like a, it's like a symbol. Like, and I'm a yeah. big symbology guy. Symbol, like, you know, fucking Robert Langdon and Dan Brown. They blew the lid off all of it. But I was into that <laughs> shit before him, just not for nothing. But so, like, we went on the whiskey trail when we were there. And you tell people, you say, "I'm on the trail." And they're like, "Okay, what have you had?" And you say what you've had, and they kind of curate your next whiskey. And it's all like way off the books. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not going to be. They're yeah. not going to give you Jameson Black Barrel. You know what I'm saying? Like they're gonna give you maybe the whiskey that they make there at that bar, or mm-hmm. the 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 person who makes it for their bar, whatever. Right. So right. I the ones that I was able to find coming home, Powers, John's Lane. Oh my God, John's Lane is. I that, love, that's a great Irish whiskey. Th- that's what I like about Slane is it's like the poor man's John's Lane. It's a mm-hmm. sherry cask finish, so you get that sweet cherry note, but it's not sickly sweet. Uh, anyway. I could go on and on about Irish whiskeys for quite a while. They're, they're, they're very well, maybe a podcast for that in our future. Who knows? <laughs> we'll just have to find him. We should do that one movie where Brad Pitt's trying to do an Irish accent. And he's like a secret IRA guy. 
Uh, oh my god! Oh, did that also have Harrison? It had Harrison Ford in it for sure. It did. There's also the one where Jeff Bridges is a bomb diffuser, and he's also a sick movie with Tommy Lee Jones. That movie is insane, dude. Oh my god! Um, Tommy Lee Jones. And was it Tommy Lee Jones and Jeff Bridges? Tommy Lee Jones is the bad guy. Jeff Bridges is the good guy. He's a Nancy Travis. Like I don't even know who else. There's there was a female in that film. Incredible, incredible movie. That movie sucks ass, but it's amazing. Um, what's his name? Ron Howard. That that movie movie is was it Tommy Lee Jones? Uh, was a big fan of like U two. No, he's he'd been in prison. And yeah. he gets out of prison, escapes with his, he makes a bomb. And then at, when he comes to America, he goes to a music store and he says, I want to know what the lads are listening to this, these days from Ireland. And they give him the U2 album. So then you end up with like a U2, like he's listening to U2 making bombs. And he's yes. like, all right, this isn't so bad. Har, char, 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 char. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, so much incomprehensible shit is going on in that movie. That I have might, not seen that movie since the fucking nineties. That man. might be an episode, oh, dude. That's a that's yeah. a that's a quite yeah. a film. That is. So I'm quite just gonna a hire you as like a co-host at this point. Oh I my God. love that. I would love that. Yeah. Don't tease me. Don't tease me with a good time. <laughs> um. So yeah, we. I. You know, listen, Dylan. We've talked a lot about this movie. We've covered a lot of the violence. We've co- covered a lot of the fascism. I want to talk a little bit about that nudity. What do you think? I would love to talk about the nudity. Um, in fact, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. I don't know if you knew that about me. I uh, did not know that. The famous shower scene. It, it's fam- It's almost, it's infamous. And it's, it's so famous, it's infamous. It's so famous, it's infamous. And it's maybe, as somebody who loves nudity in films, uh, maybe a little bit overblown. When you really like watch it, like I did recently, because we both did a rewatch, right? Like in this like, Game of Thrones era that we're living in, there's actually not that much nudity in that scene. I think what was shocking to people at the time was how much dude ass there was and almost dick. Like, almost, yeah, almost. the almost dick factor is real. Like, it's almost oh, there. Oh, oh, we're really close. We're really close. Super close. Like, care- so carefully blocked, it's basically ballet. It's so carefully choreographed like these like that's how close you are to seeing like Casper Van Dane's swinging dick and like say what you will about the guy. Um, he has BDE. He does. He, he has it. He's got it. So, you know, there but for the grace of God go we, you know, we, we, we almost could have got who knows what we all missed with the blocking. But that scene um says so much to me not just because of the nudity which i loved as a teenager i loved it as a kid it was uh there's so much story going on in that scene like it's just a a wonderful scene for very many reasons there's the nudity um there's also a lot of like character building like i know i was i was making fun of like earlier like uh you know like characters just get assassinated by these bugs Mm -hmm. and they're gone forever um but those characters had their moment to be characters and become characters uh, in kind of in that shower scene, because it's like, what are your hopes and aspirations? Because yeah, like, totally, the only reason you would sign up to the mobile infantry, unless you're Rico, is because you have hopes and aspirations. You know what I mean? Like everybody was there for a reason, except for him and Diz. Not for nothing. Like she gets off easy because she gets killed, but like Dizzy signed up for the exact same fucking re- reasons as Rico for somebody yep. that she loved, and he loved Carmen, and so he signed up for Carmen. But like, I love the way the shower scene. Um, is giving you a chance to like 
hear all these people's hopes and dreams. It's also doing a lot of world building. Like uh, you need to serve in order to get a license or it helps you get a license to have kids, which then, you know, that cracks the door on like how actually um, heartbreaking this movie is in some ways. Like you and I are both fathers um, and we don't need to get into it too much here. I have lost a child and it is the worst thing you can imagine. Um, imagining a world in which I had to apply for a license and maybe not get one, then go through all the work as fathers that we know. And anybody who's listening that has a kid, a father, and mother, um, it's a lot of work. You're doing a lot of work and you're pouring a lot of your love and your soul and all this stuff into it. And then they could just be just like thrown away by this like cavalier war hungry culture. It's like, it's like, it's just this little tiny line they throw in there to give that one character who dies, not for nothing. Um, give her a little humanity, but it like opens up this whole aspect of the film that if you want to talk about it, like we're doing right now, you can, which again, makes this a smart film in my opinion. Um, yeah. yeah, without a doubt. We even in our conversation in discussing the fifth element, mm-hmm. we talked about the shower scene and that it was a really fascinating choice for one of the like the more pivotal, like expositional, like character right. arcs of this movie. Eh, we're just going to also put everybody naked. Like, can and, you keep your can you pay attention while there are this yeah. many breasts? On the camera, yeah, uh, yeah, on, like, on the screen right gonna, now. We're going to give you some stuff before we tear these people to shreds. And I also do love the magic of this movie, of the fact that it was a very intimate scene. And you know, we're also going to make the director and like the oh, the DP naked as well. That's so like the story, right? Pardon me. That's the story, isn't it? About that yeah. scene, yeah, yeah. So everybody that's naked in the film, they're like, "All right, we'll do it." Only if you're naked. And so Verhoeven and like the DP, they're also or like um, like the, the camera, they're all naked. Right. So everybody doing the scene is naked as well. And Verhoeven's like, adds, "I'm European. I don't care about getting naked." Yeah, yeah, like he's even been like like on record, like just the the fascination that that Americans are when it comes to nudity. He's like, like nude scenes are fucking boring. Yeah. Like it doesn't like whatever, like fine. Swing and dick. No big deal. It right? you know? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Cause it doesn't matter. It kind of doesn't. But, yeah. Really? Honestly, but, it doesn't matter. It is. It is still kind of fascinating. Uh, with this kind of this arc of like fascism and, and just like control yet things are kind of, kind of squeaky clean in the sense that we now have gender and racial equality weirdly egalitarian right yeah the the sky marshal who takes over after the botched invasion at glendathu is a black woman yep and Mm -hmm. there's not a single iota not a whiff of a joke to be made about that it just is not at all not at all and not at all the shower scene you know um like there isn't really any casual sexism mm-hmm. like or casual misogyny um nobody gives a shit that dizzy's the quarterback of like exactly the right like that i love that part so much i'm so glad you brought that up because that is something that weirdly only stood out to me on this rewatch mm. all these years i've been watching this movie and i never realized that casper van dane is not calling the plays 
Mm-hmm. Diz is calling the plays. Yeah. And, but again, not a whiff of a joke. You know what I mean? Nobody's saying, nobody's making any jokes about Rico's uh, manhood or sexuality. She says flip six free hole. She smacks him in the helmet. Get your head in the game. She's like his boss, you know? And, yeah. and it's like totally normal and no big deal. Um, it's just so interesting. Also, uh, the idea of living your life um, on display living your life in the open, so to speak, seems to be a theme in this movie. Uh, and maybe stick with me here. Um, so Rico's family, their home, which you only see in those couple of scenes, it's all glass. There's no walls. Um, when you see people's homes, like in those commercials, um, like the mom laughing maniacally while the kids are squashing bugs. The house, Squ- yeah, I love that part. It's hilarious. But the houses in the background are all glass. Um, when Rico goes to check his scores, the scores are just on this scroll on a huge screen in front of everybody for everybody to see. Later, when they're checking the roster, the, the rosters of everybody who died during the invasion of Clindathu, again, just a huge screen. It's like there's like this. It's intentional because nothing mm-hmm. ends up on camera unless they meant it to and unless it's like a fucking flub. But when you see it again and again, there's an idea that like there is like privacy is not something that exists in this culture. And that right. speaks to a lot of sci-fi. Um, that Verhoeven would have been reading as, as a young boy. There's a, a book called They uh, or Them. It's called Them or They. One of those two. Um, it's Russian. And it's very much the same deal. Uh, and I couldn't help but wonder, like, like everybody lives in glass houses and there's like a time and a date when everybody has sex, like all the couples. So it's sort of like you won't be watching everybody else because you're kind of doing your own thing in your glass house. It, but it's like, I was like, oh shit, I think... I think he's saying something with this. Like they're living their lives on display because there's mm-hmm. an element of like shame. Like, I don't want to say shame because they don't act like they're being shamed, but there is that like uh, the eyes of society are on you literally mm-hmm. and figuratively. It's just fascinating. It's a, what a choice, but there it is. And, and, and again, most people, they stop with the nudity of the shower scene. That's as far as they take it. But if you want to yep. take it further, there are other instances like I just laid out where you could maybe see if that applies, you know? And to me, boy, they just don't make them like this anymore, do they? No, they don't. No, they don't. Um, I mean, maybe that's a shit. I mean, I don't even know how to unpack that, but other than your, your, your final little bullet that it'll make that make them like they used to, because I mean, you, you can even look at sci-fi films in different generations but sci-fi movies of the 90s were a very very interesting interesting like period uh like cinematically whether there's this whether there's there's the fifth element whether there's my my personal favorite 90s sci-fi film uh gattaca oh um great movie I mean, they're, they're, and you know, it's like high, high concept kind of, right? Yeah. Very high concept. And then you can, you, you can look at the highly, you know, accessible, like, you know, Michael Crichton, Jurassic Park type shit, mm-hmm. you know, they're I mean, obviously not aliens, but still creating dinosaurs is very sci-fi, right. but the nineties was a decade that 
really did explore a lot of science fiction in a in a new way. Obviously, in turn of the century and where we are now, things are a little bit more heightened and a little bit more uh, technical. But the 90s were a fascinating decade in which they really did explore different different themes. And Verhoeven, I think, now granted, you had Robocop in 87, but shit, he did two. Now granted, right. Total Recall was right in 1990. Um, and then you could smell, the, smell the 80s all over that movie, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it is very much a 90s movie too. Yep. Yeah. And then obviously this movie, this, uh, you had mentioned before, coexists with Robocop in the same universe. And it does. The guy who says, uh, when Rico, when everybody's saying after they take their aptitude tests, after they've graduated, um, toward the, toward the beginning of the film. And, um, we find out that, uh, Carmen, Denise Richards is going to go into fleet. They're going to let her fly ship. Um, and she talks and looks like Denise Richards, but okay, it's science fiction, so anything can happen. And then, I know I'm just heart, I'm harping on Denise yeah, Richards. You are I can't help it. It's murdering her tonight. She's doing murdering that. her. You know what? To borrow a phrase from one of my favorite bad movie podcasts, don't worry about Denise Richards. All right, she's doing fine. Okay, she's gonna be just fine. She she's gonna be just fine. All right, I rent. Worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when they're all saying where they got placed with their aptitude tests, which I love that they swear in first. They're like, all right, mm-hmm. you're in cannon fodder. Oh fuck. Damn it. I wish I wouldn't have sworn. Uh, it, Carl gets games in theory. That's military intelligence. We love it's this. Real one of your trivia questions. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. I, I know, I know this movie inside and out, so you can just take that okay. trivia and stuff it, but uh, we can try. <laughs> we can try. I want to see. It. Um, and Denise Richards gets fleet. And then Rico gets mobile infantry and the guy at the desk, no legs and a RoboCop arm. If I ever did see a RoboCop arm outside of the film RoboCop. And he said, mobile infantry made me the man I am today. And that's like the joke, right? But it's like you and I and anybody else who's religiously watched RoboCop is like, oh, shit, that guy's got a Murphy arm. And then later, Ratchak has a Murphy arm as well. Yeah. That that ties in so much to something that I wanted to talk about. Like we talk about like the the whole idea of the fucking ignorant young just signing up like, all right, yeah, I want to do my part. Um, This is everything. But time and time again, we are showing we we are not showing we are shown. uh, You know what? Maybe you might want to rethink that because of the fact that we see the optimism and the innocence, the naivety of the young people like, Oh, I want to serve versus those that have survived. Yeah. Everybody, a uh, fucking home girl from the, the, the golden girls has like a scarred up face. Yeah. Um, Michael Ironside is missing an arm. Yeah. That guy is missing an arm and his legs, right? People are beat all the fuck up. Right. Like and it's like, they from, don't from come out what? and it's like, they, yeah. we weren't even qu- quote unquote at war yeah right Mm -hmm. so it just goes to show you that like even like even in this utopia like it's a very skewed um view you get of the world especially in the beginning of the film um after we of course do the 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 flash forward that the film actually opens on but when you go in earnest to the beginning of the film 
where they're in, still in high school and everything, it's all very idealistic. You know, it's all very utopian in a way. Um, and yet you have these remnants here and there, Michael Ironsides, their teacher missing an arm. How, how? what happened? Clearly he has served. He's a citizen. He's very proud of his service. What, how'd you lose that arm, sir? Like if we're living in a utopia, why are there, uh, why are there evidences, marks of violence in society? Shouldn't that all be in the distant past? Shouldn't that all mm-hmm. be like civil war? Like, oh, my great, great, great grandpappy lost a leg. No, this dude literally right in front of you has no legs and no arm. Who were we fighting just long enough ago that they blew this guy halfway to hell? It's like, yeah. it's all kind of there. Like you're seeing the world through the eyes of these sort of like affluent characters. Like they make mention uh, in the film that Johnny Rico is rich. They call him rich boy a couple of times. Um, some people do. And it's like, so then you, you have to wonder like, oh shit, is Buenos Aires like where shit is going on? That's cool and good. And is everywhere else in the world like a, like a hot mess, like a, like a, basically a constant riot that the mobile infantry is, that's what they normally do is like suppress, you know, uprisings left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's again, like there is a lot of meat on these bones. Uh, but the pacing of the film, which is something we haven't talked about yet, is just beautiful. Like, it's so yeah. balanced. Like, I've seen this movie a dozens of times, and I don't get bored watching it because it moves just fast enough that um, you are just swept up in that. Um, For sure. And then it's only through conversations later with friends like this where you're like, oh my God, right? And you dive into these other things and you realize how much meat was on those bones because you were just cruising before. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 a, it's I, you know, to get back to the guy with the, with the RoboCop arm, that's what that <laughs> is, right? That's a RoboCop arm. And so yes. then, of course, my mind goes to Jeremy Irons talking about how um, he, he says something in his lesson about, oh, uh, once democracy failed, uh, the veterans rose up and took control. And then I was like immediately thinking like, okay, so RoboCop, if this is like this, if it's, if, if I'm going to MCU, this stuff, cinematic universe, those two films, RoboCop is representing close to the tipping point when democracy is failing because of capitalism's like perverse effects. And that shortly after the events of RoboCop or somewhere not too long after them, the veterans, whoever they are, are rising up and taking control, right? Like more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I went somewhere with you for a second because I'm like, yeah, that sounds like something that maybe Jeremy Irons may have said, but I think you meant Michael Ironside. Oh, that's what I meant. Uh, Michael Ironside, yeah, not Jeremy yeah, Irons. But, he would have been yeah, good too. Like, he would have been good, but Michael uh, yeah, Ironside. Maybe, maybe Scar would have said that. You <laughs> never know. He would have um, been a lot more theatrical about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the more I think about that, there, there's so many layers to this movie. And it, it, it it's, it's funny, when all said and done, and I, I love that now that granted, this is like the like maybe like the 34th biggest movie that came out like 97. Right. What a year. Now, right. Like of that year. And now this movie is like hitting like top 100 lists of like all time. Right. This movie is like making making these giant leaps. And I'm old enough to know that 
Paul Verhoeven, you know, uh, Verhoeven has been respected, but also has also, you know, been laughed at a little bit because of this film, mm-hmm. has been laughed at a little bit because of Total Recall, even to a lesser extent, Robocop, but certainly a lot to to showgirls. And I, 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 I gotta tell you, I think this is a guy that's really had his fucking finger on the pulse of shit that that we he's just a filmmaker that's so far ahead of his time i i don't know maybe i'm giving him too much credit now i kind of want to go back and watch showgirls just to see how much shit maybe i've missed in that exploit there probably is like so much like again to use that phrase like there's probably a lot of meat on those bones and the it's not an accident he's not a fool we know this like it's not an accident that he casts the people he casts in his films like I was doing a little bit of trivia reading as as well and the various names that were floated for the Johnny Rico role. Um, Mark Wahlberg was one. Mm. Keanu Reeves is another. What do Mark Wahlberg, Keanu Reeves, and Casper Van Dane all have in common? They're dumb hunks. They're just yeah. dumb hunks. They that to varying degrees of uh, magnetism, you know. Uh personally, I think Mark Wahlberg is awful. And I would be happy if he never appeared in a motion picture ever again. Thank but, you for saying I mean, come on. The dude committed a hate crime and it doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Also, he's just terrible. Um, and he's in everything. But like, he's a dumb hunk. That's his kind of brand. Before he tried to rebrand himself as like, oh, actually, I'm pretty smart, bro. But it's like, no, you're not. But thank you for trying. Uh, Keanu Reeves. I love that pissed off he got at uh at homeboy and snl for like making like doing like say hello to your mother for me (laughs) like i love just how much that shit triggered him that he could not take a joke the dude's ego is is out of control you could tell you could tell yeah like you put him and the rock in a room together and it's like you you put like if that's like putting like two black holes right next to each other, like charisma black <laughs> holes, they'll consume one another and then they'll consume everything else. So like, I, I highly advise against casting directors. If you're listening, don't put the rock Dwayne, the rock Johnson, excuse me. And Mark Wahlberg anywhere near each other. It's just oh existence. God. Existence hinges on this. So, but like the casting, you know, of Ver- Verhoeven's casting choices are not an accident you know, ever. And, uh, he's saying something like the joke has been made. You, you made it like the 90210. Mm-hmm. We're watching 90210 kill bugs in space. Like, yeah, because that's what he wants to do. You know I mean? Like you could tell that like the story of total recall works without Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've read the mm-hmm. short story. He's not a beefcake in the short story. He's just a dude. That's why they tried with that Colin Farrell remake, but that failed for like so many more reasons that had nothing to do with Colin Farrell's laugh of lack of like beef cakery. Uh, But like he put Schwarzenegger in that role for a reason. You know, he, Mm -hmm. he was saying something with that. And I always think it warrants what makes cinema just such an engaging um, medium is that the, the sheer number of choices that are made, not on accident, you know, at every level allow for you to engage with all of those choices. If you choose to, um, or completely miss them. Like the reviewers who were first reviewed, um, and gave this movie bad reviews, starship troopers, like at every level, he made a choice at every level. 
um, or, or, or a choice was made. And that warrants taking a second to think about, you know, like another thing that sp- springs to my mind about this film, the score. Mm-hmm. The, it's, I don't know that I've ever heard a more perfect war score. It's, it's so like jangoistic. It, f- uh, I should say, I don't know that I've ever heard a more perfect sort of satirical war score. Mm, it's okay, it's almost go. like an anthem, like the dun, dun, mm. dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. almost plays like, like a fascist national anthem. And it comes and goes in the film. Um, and the way it's employed and the way it's used, I'm just like, man, motherfucker made a choice. It sends shivers down my spine to think of all, one of my all-time favorite moments in cinema history is... The invasion of Clindathu from the dropship scene, the fleet, um, the scale, uh, the, the, the ships are dropping, the uh, sergeant who you've never seen before in the film and you'll never see him again is giving them instructions about what they're going to do when they hit the ground. They hit the ground, the, the gates drop, the guy who's saying, you know. Was that, was that not Gerald Ford's like kid? Well, it was the guy who said, like, yeah, if you remember your training, you will survive. That guy. Yeah, I think. And I'll have to double check that. But I want to say that was like fucking like Gerald Ford's kid. Whoa. So casting matters. So. Yeah. But all of it, you know, the the shots of the of the drop ships, the ramps come down, the boots, um, these cannons that are firing off for who knows why they're not shooting at anything. They're just shooting into the air. Uh, the mm-hmm. bug blasts, all of it, the music swelling, and then the and then the way it just immediately turns when um, this big war rally cry meets the moment of reality, which is okay. You've stormed the beach. Now what? Yeah, that moment of like, oh, okay, what do we do now? And then the bugs come and start ripping everyone apart. And I love it for different reasons, but like, I just, I just have to. I just have to continue to pay homage to this film uh, or I have to pay alms to this film. I have to give it respect because I respect so many of the choices that were made from the casting. Like every watch, every time I watch this film, I appreciate Casper Van Dane more, which is insane to say because as a a kid, I was like, why, why did you put this guy in the movie? I just watched it again last night. I'm like, you know what? I gotta give him a little credit. I gotta give him a little credit. I think it is he plays the role of a fucking idiot so well. I'm like, is it acting or did he just get it? I he know. got it. Did you think like, so? Yeah, I think he got it. He's like, I look like I am the perfect specimen. I look like I, I look, look like and I get it. Asshole. Yeah. I'm going to be this. I'm 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 gonna be perfectly tanned as they fucking lash me. And everybody's going to see like my, like my, my beautiful fucking like Aryan specimen. Yeah. And I'm just going to be nothing but a vassal of everybody that is grooming me for this, that, and the other. Even, it's, I mean, the film even ends with the, um, come on, you apes, you want to live forever? He steals Ratchek's life. Yeah. He steals everything. Nothing he says or does is original. At everything all. is pulled from something and else. Also, we are now several over an hour into recording this episode, and we have not mentioned Clancy motherfucking Brown. 
it, it's really funny that you mention that because I I have like my list of people that are that that's in the movie. I'm like Casper Van Diem, Dina Meyer, Denise Richards, Gary Busey's kid. Uh, yeah, right. Michael Ironside. I think we just call him the teeth. Clancy Brown. Clancy fucking Brown in this movie. Don't forget Denise Richards. Human woman Denise Richards was in this film as well. <laughs> human woman, a uh, quotation. Human woman. Yeah, thanks for adding that. I'm glad you caught that. Uh, Clancy Brown, though. I mean, is this the beginning of my childhood fear of Clancy Brown? My, my, I should say, my continuing fear of Clancy Brown. Is this why I'm scared of that man? Because I watched him snap that dude's arm like a twig. Just for like shits and giggles. Say medic in this movie. Oh my god! Like, Basic medic. training is brutal. You've been through it. I have not. Is it that yeah. bad? Uh, I've never ever had anybody say "hold my hand out" and they just fucking throw oh, like really? a dagger. Oh, I thought my that hand. was like normal in the military. I thought that was like no, common no. practice. In, in, I was in the Navy, so it was a little oh, bit different. Like, it, so they threw an anchor at your hand, then, right? They threw you an anchor. Okay. Um, but I also was in basic during like winter in Chicago. So they're like, we don't want to be outside. Everyone go no, inside. They don't, they don't fucking issue long johns for that shit. But honestly, the hardest part of like my basic is, and it wasn't big deal. I grew up in the fucking like water, but they, a part of like your graduation, if you will, is you have to tread water for, I don't know how long it is, but just seeing some fucking sacks of shit that just like, <laughs> just fall like and sink into the water. I'm like, oh shit, I have to I have to pull this fucker oh, up. Oh man, that's gnarly. Um, the amount of people that just can't can't swim, like grown adults. It's like, oh man. And like my grandfather couldn't swim and he was in the Navy and he, he like retired. Like he never learned how to swim. That's um, so weird. It, it fascinates me. But I know, I share uh, this fascination, by the way. I used to live and teach in South Korea. I'm a lifelong swimmer. I don't remember learning to swim. Uh, my parents mm-hmm. are we we where I live. I live on a peninsula, which is an island, basically. When you think about yeah. it, it's not but a lot it, of water. A lot of water. And we're also boat people. I was I grew up on a boat, sailboat. So like I don't remember learning to swim. It was just a thing that I had to do always. Um, and then many years later, after I graduated college, I went to teach in South Korea, and uh, I made a lot of South Korean friends, as one would when you live there. And none of them knew how to swim. And I thought that was so fucking crazy. So I was asking about it. And one of my South Korean friends, uh, shout out to Mean, if you're listening, miss you, man. He says, uh, well, uh, if you learn to swim, your chances of drowning are much higher because you'll go into the water to swim. And I'm like, uh, well, I see the logic, but also North Korea is a thing. So you do live on an island. Like you're surrounded by three sides by water and then like a mile of landmines to the north. And then, you know, like a totalitarian not utopia fascist utopia so like you probably should learn to swim but they didn't know how to swim i thought it was one of the most fascinating things about living in south korea south koreans if you guys have gotten that together and now you're all swimming feel free to let me know that i'm out of line this was like almost 10 years ago so (laughs) i mean i i don't think you're you're wrong i think that's a fun fun little story but i mean we still are a planet that is a fucking water world learn how to swim are you trying are you trying to say that we should we should do an episode on water world i mean i'm not against that i wouldn't be against Uh, it either (laughs) 
like all. How about this, uh, Dylan? We're gonna do all of the sci-fi films of the nineteen nineties. I 1990s. love just this idea. One by one, I would one hundred percent show up for every episode. I think that's another great ninety. You know what? I know a lot of people shit on the movie, and there's a lot of things that went bad mm-hmm. in that movie, and it's it's so heavily flawed. Woof. Yeah. But damn, if I haven't seen Waterworld a good 10, 15 times. Hey, you know what? I'll say um, this about it. Not a single green screen to be found. I mean, there probably was one or two, but they were filming on water. The, you know, though. So, it's hey, true. I, I, I dare you to find an actual moment of filming in water in Wakanda forever, which I did like. So don't write me angry emails. It. It's fine. It it's yet. great. You know what, Andrew? It's just fine. It's just it's fine. It's just fine. All right. You know, listen, Dylan, I think we've been chatting for we've been chatting for a minute. Um, let's wrap this up. But shout out to this movie on a myriad of reasons. If so not many. anything, we have done a terrible job of telling you all the reasons why you should watch this movie. There are we didn't even talk about like. Rico, they think he's dead. He goes in a back. We got to back the tank like Star Wars yeah. style. He's getting healed in the regeneration he tank. Back to tank and um, Michael Ironsides, not Jeremy Irons, but Michael Ironsides <laughs> die. He doesn't just die. Rico kills him because mm-hmm. he's getting like brutalized by a bug. He's getting like tremors death. With that scene, um, I know we're trying to wrap it up. This was on my notes. Uh, that action sequence, that set piece where they go to the outpost, they're tricked. They're told to come to the outpost. They get like an SOS, but it turns out the brain bugs. Did it? The brain bug made a guy do an SOS. I love that scene from beginning to end when they show up and it's like a ghost town um, Mm -hmm. and there's dead soldiers everywhere, which, oh man, put a pin in it, flash forward back to the beginning of the movie. When you were saying like the bugs uh, maybe were provoked into attacking us with that little throwaway bit about the um, Camp Joseph Smith, the Mormon outpost deep in the arachnid zone hearty belly laugh from me each time <laughs> every fucking time i see all those dead <laughs> i mean that's classic shit right there like that's everybody's fantasy about those like motherfucking come on your door ding dong you know let me tell you about the good word like everybody is secretly wishing they could be an arachnid in that moment and Verhoven gives mm-hmm. it he gives it to you yeah um just because i had mentioned that i wanted to touch base just on a popular fan theory but i am totally invested in humans fucking like it it was the it was the federation that torched buenos aires oh yeah like i agree it's a false flag i hate i hate that i hate that term but it is yeah there's i mean the newsreel if you think about it like in the film in the runtime of the film, like which is happening real time in that scene, like Rico gets his 10 lashes, like we mentioned, because uh, he makes a mistake and he gets somebody killed in training. We're in the school part of the movie right before it transitions into the war. And he uh, takes his 10 lashes, but he decides that he's dropping out. But before that happens, like the fade out, he's getting whipped and it fades crossfade to um, Denise Richards and Xander, who we have not talked about nearly enough in this movie. To- totally. Don't worry about it. He's 18 year old man. When you meet him, Xander, uh, they're flying. He's like machine. Machine. Yeah. The guy is ancient. He's got, the guy's got gray hairs, but they're flying Mul- their Muldoon. ship. Is Thomas Muldoon. 
Oh, wow. Really? Shout out to Muldoon's basement. You know, if you hear it, you know, if you don't, don't Google it. Uh, he Patrick, Patrick, Patrick Muldoon, Patrick Muldoon. Oh yeah, of course. Um, he was a, he was a, he's like a Melrose guy, right? Melrose. That's it. Melrose. Melrose. Melrose 210. Amazing show. Check it out. Melrose 210. It's a great show. It's a it's a we hate movies sideshow where they do one episode of Melrose Place, one episode of nine hundred two one zero, and they say which one is maybe better. Um, a week. It's it's a great. It's really funny. But um, he's all over it, obviously. But uh, you see the moment when the asteroid is heading toward Earth, right? So Johnny's getting whipped. We fade out. We we crossfade to the ship. Denise Richards and Xander are flirting. Denise Richards is trying her 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 level best flirt but again flirting is a human emotion um it needs so and then the asteroid kind of clips their ship right on its way to earth and they can't say hey earth look out there's an asteroid coming okay johnny rico then is taking his licks he's on the phone with his parents he's saying i want to come home this sucks ass i made a mistake right his dad's like just come on home i'm sorry i disowned you all that stuff Oh, geez, the sky's getting dark. Oh, is it rain? And then we lose the feed, right? He walks out of his, he walks out of the barracks, that having just happened. Everybody's running. He, he starts getting caught up with the running. He said, What happened? They said, We're going to war. What? You know, we're going to war. We go, there's a big screen. All the soldiers are watching on the screen. You know, millions dead, Buenos Aires hit by an arachnid. They had that newsreel ready to go. That shit was ready to go. It was ready to go. There was like a minute in between. Like his dad's Mm -hmm. like, oh, the sky's getting dark. And one minute later, 60 seconds later, he's standing in front of the screen and it's like, it knows the dead. They know how many are dead. They know who shot it. And they've already voted to go to war. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that's some false flag shit if I ever saw it shit there were a couple other things like again i can go on and on and on about this movie uh but i'm not going to um so shout out to this film for a myriad of things for one previewing facetime because it it gave us facetime certainly did and um unfortunately mini discs though mini discs yeah they missed the boat Uh, on that one yeah um it, it saw where Fox News was going to go. So we got a little bit of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, state media, state controlled media, very big theme in the movie, obviously. The uh, scene where the murderer, you know, a murderer was captured this morning and tried today. <laughs> Watch his execution tonight. Yes. If you look closely, like how you were talking about uh, in that other commercial, there was a tab to enlist. It says all networks, all channels. If you're watching TV at 6 p.m. that night, you're watching that man be put to death. It doesn't matter what channel you're watching. And that is another piece of world building that this film does. Literally, folks, listeners, beautiful people, whatever your like disposition is, whatever axe you have to grind or chip on your shoulder that you have, watch this film and bring that to the film. And I guarantee you, there will be substance for you to digest because this movie is fucking packed to the gills. With it is with commentary. Of a number of different kind of topics. All right. We're going to wrap it up. But before we do, is there any final, final things that you're like, shit, we have to cover immediately. Otherwise, I'm going to put you put you to test. Hmm. 
Uh, I think we've done a really good job, Andrew. We've been all, we we've been all over the map, but you know what? This is like, just think of it like the film itself. A lot of this stuff that we were talking about was a, would you like to know more? Would you like to know more? Go see the movie, people. Rent yeah, it. Go see it. If you have Paramount Wait, Plus, on. it's on there right now. I had to rent it from I'm Amazon, cool. but you rented it from a movie store. That's an episode into, in and of I itself, did. by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here in Atlanta, we we're one of the few cities that have a not just a, an existing movie th- uh, movie video store, but a thriving video store. I know amazing. Uh, there is a documentary about the last blockbuster, but it's not even a blockbuster that we have here. We have a local video store that's been around for about twenty five to thirty years in like a hipster part of town, but. All of us that are in the community, and Atlanta has a very, very thriving obviously uh, community. Yeah, we we love this, and I'm buddies, and I play soccer with the with the owner of uh, of the video store. But it it's it's something that we're very, very proud of. So if I don't have a movie, cer- certain movies I will stream, but if I can get my hands on like a, a physical copy. I'll go down to the the guys over at Videodrome and and run it. And so I did for this film. Awesome. And um, yeah, it's so awesome. So if you are in a town that still has a video store, fucking patron, you know, patronize them. You like go see these people. Yeah. Because it, they're fucking gems. Yeah, and they really are. I miss it. I miss that the content is huge. I miss it dearly. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. Here we go. Put me to the test. Bring it on, Andrew. All right, this is it. We're okay. going to do it. So, we know that Clendathu is the home planet of the bugs. Do you recall the name of the planet the brain bug was on? Well, I know they call it Big P, but I don't remember the actual name. Dozens planet of- P, Big P, that I was going to accept either. Okay, good. Whew. What is it yeah. actually? It's just referred to uh, in the credits as Planet P. Ah, nailed it. Big P. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Got it. He says, glass this planet. And they said, negative. Yeah. You know, Starfleet has plans for Planet, planet P. P. Yeah. Yep. What year? We know it's the 23rd century, but what year does this film take place? Mm, this is a good one. I don't know. I want to say. Need, if you need a hint. 24, think, 30. I think a couple hundred years after the movie was released. Okay. A couple hundred years after the movie was released. So. Uh, 20. I don't know. What is it? 2197. Ah, 2197. I like that they put 97 yeah. in there. All yeah. right. All right. All right. I'm not doing as well, well as I, I mean, was during the I, uh, Fifth I knew, Element one. I knew this movie, so I just wanted to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, these are hard. But keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. What, was the na- what was the first name of Rico? Mm. Like, I want, want to give you good shit. You know what I mean? I appreciate that, um, Andrew. I really do. Yeah. What percentile did Johnny score in math? 35th. 35th percentile. A, fel- a, fel- a fellow... 35th percentile math guy. Yeah, we, 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 me and Johnny, we, we know, we know what it is. Math is not our love language. Um, question number four, you know, this one already. What division is Carl assigned to? Uh, games in theory. Well, that's military intelligence. Next time I see you, I'll have to salute or whatever the guy says. Yep. Yep. Lastly, true or false. This is easy this way. 
Starship Troopers is Verhoeven's bloodiest film. Hmm. I actually want, I want to say false. Hmm. What would you think is more bloody? Well, I haven't seen Benedetta. Um, but I, I, I think Robocop is more bloody. There are more chunks in this movie, limbs and whatnot, but the amount of like blood on screen is less, maybe even than total recall. Like some of the squib work in total recall is extra wet. So mm, I agree with that. According to the research, this is the bloodiest. It has 17 okay. gallons of blood well, in it. You know what I'm not thinking of though, Andrew, which I should have thought of was all of the, like, like earlier mentioned the, uh, the Mormon outpost or when mm. they go to the other outpost, when the brain bug yeah. lured them there for the trap, there is a shit ton of blood all over. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, so it's like all. maybe the blood is like, like more like prop blood and less, Right. like squibby like interacting because like a lot of the blood that you're seeing in those scenes is the bugs right the green right. blood getting like blasted everywhere yeah good th- that, that's really genius um because of the fact that we know of this movie i mean had uh verhoven's films it has the the biggest budget of the film i mean over 100 million dollar wow. budget yeah huge right Especially but for the special time. Special effects wise, there were like only, I think, only, there were only, quote, 200 like special effects shots in the movie. Hmm. There was so much like uh, animatronics and a lot of practical effects right. that in the documentary, it's a lot of Verhoeven going, like, that's real. That's that's special effects. That's real. That's real. That like he was very, very proud. Do you think was it like similar to like what you hear about um, with Jurassic Park where because like Spielberg gave a shit. um, Hey, Russo bros, take note and was like, Mm. hey, uh, if it's a medium or close up, it's animatronics. If it's a wide, it's CGI, not just everything CGI all the time. I mean, that should be a good rule of thumb. It seemed like that in Starship Troopers. I was kind of, I was watching it through it was, that lens. Was. I was watching it through that lens. And so like a lot of the close and medium stuff, I'm like, oh, I could totally see how they could construct this like in a way that isn't out of control budget right. wise to make. And then we cut to the wide shots when the guy, you know, when the bugs are like totally going insane and ripping people apart. And I'm like, okay, I kind of can tell that's CGI. But again, Verhoeven being very smart, a lot of like the really egregious CGI bug violence is at night, you know? Because mm-hmm. the guy knows I, I, a thing or two. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just another way to also help make it work. I mean, it's a relatively new technology at that time. How are you going to make it look more believable? Keep things at a distance. Yeah. So things are going to be a little bit more closer up. So that great scene where he's with Homegirl from um, uh, the Golden Girls, and he's like pulling apart the bug, mm-hmm. and he's just, just like holding all like all the guts, and our girl Denise Richards is... She can't handle it. She does her she's best. She's acting her way to pretend to yeah. get nauseous. She does the... Um, she does the mm-hmm face you know she she probably you know she she studied what human beings do when they don't feel well in their tum-tums <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um 
Yeah, I, I I don't even have anything else I want to add to that. I think that just what can we you ask? And we should just end with uh, just shitting on Denise Richards. She's doing By fine. Way, she's doing. Uh, fine. She's done just fine. She was she was in this movie. I was going to say she did fine in this movie, but no, she was in this movie. Um, was this pre was or in, post Wild Things? Wild thing. Pardon me. What is about this wild? pre Wait. or post Wild Things? I think this is pre. But I don't know. I do know that I I fucking love Wild Things in a a different, weird kind of way just because of the fucking cast. The insanity that that cast is. I love a movie that is just an ensemble of high-quality, like, A-list actors versus some, like, random-ass, like, B and C, like, actors. And they're all getting... In fact, like, the A-list are getting, like, lesser screen time Mm -hmm. and they're kind of the joke in the movie like bill murray just popping up which you forget that he's even in that movie you know yeah until he shows up in it yeah and then it's we're we're taking matt dillon and kevin bacon super seriously that's a moment in history right there that's a moment in film history like that's a different america folks i don't know what america that was when you could get you could make a movie like that and yeah. Everybody took it seriously. That's I think there's scene. even a Kevin Bacon dick shot. There definitely the- is. That's oh, there is. Okay. I think that's like the be- that like might be the genesis of like my and your and our generation's fascination with Kevin Bacon's hog is wild thing. Like it's like <laughs> that's like the inception moment. That's like what put it in all right, of our right, minds. Right. All right, Dylan. Let's wrap this up. Let's get this out to the masses. I think I think we've covered everything that we need to within reason i know that after i listen back i'll be like fuck yeah we forgot all these amazing things but you know what that's what this movie is there's so much how could you ever really do it accurately yeah but uh please uh wrap your wrap yourself up say goodbye to the audience and if i may dude you are always invited i can't stress enough how much fun i have just chatting with you over this movie over the fifth element. I mean, I probably could have fun talking about like fucking paper bag with you. I don't yes. know. But like, I have anytime some... you want to come. You gotta have me on. Whenever you hey, balls in your court stamper, this is your show. I would come on this show and talk about literally any movie with you, dude. That's how I feel. Well, I appreciate it. I love it. And uh I'm a big fan of the show. So folks, subscribe. If you're coming on to listen to me for some fucking crazy reason, subscribe to this show rate the show review the show tell your friends you know let's 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 make something happen here we need to hear geico you know what the only way this show would be better is if every like 15 minutes a geico commercial just interrupted the talk of (laughs) the talk of the film you know give let's let's make that happen what do you say all right well i've got nothing else to concrete i've got nothing else to why can't I say contribute? You've been I've drinking. got nothing else to contribute to that. Have some so more whiskey, Andrew. I'm going to have some more whiskey. Me too. I'm have some more whiskey. But Dylan, dude, so much fun. Thank you. And uh, be safe out there. Hopefully next time I see you, you've got more black painted egg cartons on the wall behind you. <laughs> yes. me. I have a few. I just haven't painted a black yet. But thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Once again, thank you so much to Dylan for for helping me launch this fourth season. 
as stated at the outset, we're going to be doing 90s month all January. That was the the film, the 90s film that Dylan wanted to talk about. Next week, we're going to have something a little bit different. I'm not going to spoil it just yet, but again, each month we're going to do something a little bit different. So for the month of January, 90s, uh, February, we're gonna we're gonna do a little a little love. So we're gonna talk a little romance, maybe a little rom com, maybe a little love story. We'll see. But that's what's in store for season four of Stanford Cinema. Please do me a favor: like, listen, subscribe, tell your friends, rate, review, all of that. And let's continue to build on this brand. And as always, take a look at my website, StanfordCinema.com. You can always leave a review there. You can always leave a little voicemail. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, emotional outbursts, whatever it is, let's just have a good time. I'm really, really excited. I'm feeling good about this fourth season. So let's see what happens. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Stanford Cinema. Would you like to know more?